Hello there. Welcome back to uh, Fandom Talk, uh, where we're doing uh, 12, or, uh, I almost said 12 Dates of Christmas. We are not doing that. We're doing a Christmas Fest. <laughs> yeah, we did that already. <laughs> we are, yeah. I'm just reliving the same day over and over again. Oh, uh, no, that's no. how it starts. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, God. Help. SOS, whoever's listening. No. Um, but today we are actually... Um, I'm here with Al, by the way. Sorry, I just wanted to jump right into it. I'm here with Fred Lanyard. How you doing, Al? Hello, I'm doing wonderful. Um, a holly jolly to you, my friend. Yes, holly jolly to you as well. Um, so we are uh, doing like a really old school movie. This movie was, I think, 1997. Mm-hmm. So kind of old. Uh, it's not even, as far as I know, playing on any of like the mainstream channels or streaming services anymore so this is really old but i've been watching it for like 20 years so i really wanted to put it on here um and i feel like it's a sweet movie so uh i'm excited to hear al's takes he might not have thought it was as sweet as me i don't know uh but it's called the christmas list and uh al what what happens in the christmas list oh boy yeah so um i (laughs) this is one i enjoyed i thought it was fun i thought it was really (laughs) enjoyable um i agree with the uh the description of sweet i think it's a very sweet film um yeah christmas list is about um a a young lady um who works um in the mall at the perfume counter um she has just an incredible um incredibly underrated skill set of being able to ask customers a series of like psychological personality profiling questions and take their answers and condense their answers into a specific scent that apparently is like the perfect um, perfume scent for that person uh, based on, on their answers and things about them, which is incredible. It verges on the Super lines cool. of like straight <laughs> pseudoscience, but right. um, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm into it. Um, <laughs> And so she's doing that and she's, you know, she's not unhappy with her life, but there are things about her life that she kind of wishes would happen or would improve. And, um, her wonderful friend and coworker, um, at the mall, um, Aomi, um, who's great. I, she's awesome. I love her in this. She's adorable. Um, Yeah. (laughs) She's wonderful. She's the kind of friend that like you need in like a customer service job. Oh, yes. A friend, oh yeah, like who kind of who kind of carries you through the day. She's awesome. Absolutely. Um, she convinces um, her to fill out a Christmas list, just a Christmas list of things she wishes she could have, or things that she wishes would change about her life, or whatever. Um, and they drop it in Santa's um, box for all of his Christmas lists, and gradually these things come true um, through yeah. various things that happen and her life experiences these changes and she has to figure out which ones are good for her and which ones are bad for her. It's very nice. I like it. Yeah. It's cute. It's cute. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then she also meets this boy who is like this huge, uh, part of this movie. And, um, and he, he's kind of like, this is really random. What movie is he in? He looks so familiar. Do you know what movie? Hold on. I'm going to look this. I should have looked this up before. It he I think he's in um 
I don't know. I feel like he's in a Disney Channel original movie. We can and probably find out. He he's a he's a voice actor for some wonderful things. Is he? <laughs> Just looking at his IMDb page, he voiced one of the main characters in the 1990s cartoon, Mummy's Alive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> that is a pool. That's incredible. I've like um, seen his face though somewhere else. Um, like, he, oh, cool! He voices Cannonball in X Men Evolution. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh my God, he voices Cy Argyle in Gundam Seed, which is not a good anime, but it's just surprising. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know, it's out there for people. Well, um, but yeah, he he sees Melody doing her like awesome stuff, uh, and he decides to go up to her, and he's trying to get a scent for his for his uh, for his mom, and Melody nails it, and. Uh, you uh, you end up finding out later that uh, his mom had passed away, and um, and you know he wanted that to like hold on to her and like you know remember her and stuff. So um, and so Melody obviously gets really attached to the boy, and uh, yeah. So like, what were your like first thoughts in the movie, Al? Yeah, um, I'm glad you bring up uh, that character too. I'm glad you bring up. Annie, because um, because young Danny feels a quintessential um, component to this Christmas film, yes. which I'm starting to understand um, how these Christmas movies kind of go. And a Christmas movie is not a Christmas movie. Correct me if I'm wrong, unless there is a sad child. At some point in the movie, <laughs> to help establish the landscape of the plot, and that's, no, that's what Danny does. True. Or at least there isn't. It isn't a good Christmas movie unless that happens. Because exactly. as, as you know, Twelve Days of Christmas did not have a sad child. It just had a sad twenty-something uh, woman. So yeah. you know, and I think Who in that a lot of ways was, was very childlike. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, what's more in the spirit of Christmas than childhood depression? Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> But, um, no, he does serve a very important role um, that is a very sudden and unexpected, like, total gut punch when he buys, like, a perfume that reminds him of the scent of his mom. Um, That's very sad. Um, But, um, yeah, he's kind of he's kind of one of the many um, on the many vehicles for the plot. He brings uh, together his his psychiatrist dad. Um, with the main character, which, you know, also an important component to any good Christmas film. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and as child actors go, like, um, he does a pretty, does a pretty good job. Like, he's a good little actor. Um, at no he point is. are, like, annoyed with him and stuff, which happens a lot with, like, um, child actors, especially, like, older child actors um, from that time period. Um, but no, he is, he is great. Um, when I, I was kind of impressed at the beginning of the movie because they do a really good job of making melody, um, very easy to relate to. Um, she's like, she's in like a customer service job that like all of us have, have worked, if not that specific kind of retail job like a similar service job. Um, she, ve- um, she feels very stuck. She feels very unrecognized and, and like her talents and her skills that should be setting her apart 
are going unused and undiscovered by a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. And like, she just feels very stuck uh, with where she is at life. And I was really impressed, like how quickly they like, they made her out to be a very sympathizable kind of character uh, that you mm-hmm. can relate to. I thought that was really impressive. Yeah, definitely agree. Definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, I, uh, I love Melody. I, you know, it seems like a lot of like the newer Christmas movies, it seems like the, the main characters are just inherently like kind of selfish. And I thought, you know, you know, giving the contrast of like 12 days Christmas and then like Melody, like, I don't know. It's just, it was very refreshing to like, cause I, I hadn't watched this since last year. Of course I watched it every year, but like, it's just like, she's such a different, I don't know. She's just so sweet. And like, mm-hmm. I would be friends with Melody, you know, like I, I really liked her character so much. Um, oh yeah. It doesn't like, the two protagonists of the Christmas movies that we've watched so far, like they feel like they're from entirely different genres. Like, yeah. from the get go is like, is very, is very friendly. She's very warm. She like goes out of her way to like help this child with trying to figure out what he wants to buy. Um, she like, she's just very, she's very much a positive character. Whereas like Kate from 12 dates of Christmas is just like, as we already talked about is like just so selfish and completely delusional about her life. Whereas Uh (laughs) Elodie is so like grounded and realistic about it and stuff and just kind of like chugs along. Yeah. It's like, it feels like two completely different genres because the protagonists are so different from each other. Um, Yeah. yeah, It's wild. Yeah, and, like, I mean, just it, all the characters, too, really, are just so different. Um, I, uh, so, April, May, uh, you talked about how, um, you know, like, she gets overlooked and stuff. Uh, what did you think about the person that got the uh, perfume, like, got promoted over her, the uh, sales girl? April, May, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, so... <laughs> So at first I was kind of conflicted about April because like from this, from the get go, she is not like a pleasant person at all. And like, um, you know, Jen, like we don't have to name any names, but like (laughs) you and I have worked with very similar people to April May um, in in our, in our various jobs that we've had. So so many Aprils. Uh, So many April Mays. (laughs) Um, But, um, but like at first, like, she was very rude and like very aggressive about it. But like when the movie first starts, like I kind of saw where she was coming from. Cause she was just like, look, our boss wants us to like sell this product. Like that's the goal. I'm just trying to do that. And like a part of it was just like, okay, I get that. Like, yeah, like screw these customers. Like they don't, <laughs> they don't <laughs> deserve like this special red carpet treatment that, Elodie is trying to offer them like they're at like a mall, like just, <laughs> just like you do you. Um, and then as like the movie goes on, they do a good job of like fleshing out uh, both characters and show that like one of Elodie really does deserve this. Cause like she, she cares about the quality of her work and like um, in April, May is just like awful um, to everybody. 
So, yeah. like, actually, like, you know, there's plenty of reasons to dislike her as well. Um, and so I thought it was really, um, um, I thought it was really well done. I will say, um, if I'm ever at work and my boss calls me into her office and she's just like, um, Al, um, can you show me how you do this, like, thing on, like, the stat software and in return, I'll give you a makeover. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm probably going to be like a little bit more suspicious of that than Melody was, but, <laughs> but I will probably take the makeover if I'm being honest. So, so I don't know. We're probably a lot more alike than I thought we were. Uh, so, who knows? Yeah. Um, uh, she, um, you know, one of my favorite parts of the movie, not to like super jump ahead, but like when Naomi and her, um, they kind of like April has convinced like that um, reporter that she was like the person that was so good at like uh, naming the perfumes and then like Naomi comes up and like blindfolds her and like does like the trick that um, Melody was trying to teach her mm-hmm. and um, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie and uh, I it's I don't know. I it, it, I I live vicariously through that because there's so many times I've wanted to do that to like so many coworkers, oh, and sure. <laughs> it's just a great moment. For sure, no, and like it's worth. It's also worth talking about that situation too, where like you know, 1997 was such a d- different time compared to now, where like you know the most newsworthy thing to sink some resources into <laughs> in Seattle. It wasn't even like a small town. It was like a pretty big city on the West coast. Like <laughs> the most newsworthy thing was just like, Hey, I hear there's this um, perfume salesperson um, who's really good at smelling things. <laughs> we, should, we should get pictures. We should get an interview. We should get like, don't bring the video camera. Um, I feel like her skills will translate fine just to print. <laughs> Don't do any of that. But um, oh, like, boy, it was it was a different time. It really was. Um, I can't talk. I gotta I gotta ask you. So, what did you think about Danny's dad? I really was excited to ask you about him. Yeah, so um so first jumping into it, um I thought, and this is probably just me projecting and stuff, um, <laughs> as somebody who like has a graduate degree in psychology and I <laughs> and I heard very early on that this character was a psychiatrist, I was just like, Oh, I bet you that's gonna come up a lot in this movie. And then it really doesn't. Um, I'm like he could have been anything at all in this movie and it would have made more sense but um, but yeah he's a he's an interesting fellow um, because like you like a part of me isn't really sure what I was supposed to come away from the movie um, with as far as his character goes, because it feels like early on they were trying to do like this whole like absent father obsessed with work kind of stereotype character. Mm-hmm. We see a lot, especially around that like on um, that time period. We saw that a lot um, in '90s films. Um, 
But then that kind of falls apart to where you see him at work, like maybe twice in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that didn't go very far. <laughs> and then like you find out th- and then like, he kind of like lies to his kid and like the first interaction, because he's just like, faith is not my girlfriend. And then like the rest of the movie, it seems that faith is very much his girlfriend. And that mm-hmm. is a, a very mutual understanding that they have. <laughs> um, and so that was kind of weird. Um, and then, and then they show up and like, again, this could just be me and like how I watch things, but um, the car, the car raffle. Yeah. Like, really <laughs> stuck with me through the movie. Like my mind kept coming back to it. Like there could be a really wholesome thing happening on screen with them. And I'm just like, what did his dad really expect was going to happen um, with the car? Because like his son, who I'm assuming is like 12, right. uh, entered this raffle. Like he's not old enough to enter a raffle, let alone own a car. Yeah. And then and then it comes up and he's just like, well, how about we share the car? And it's just like, dude, you don't have the, you don't own the car. This yeah. is not your, in no way <laughs> do you own this raffle prize. You are not involved with it at all. This is between Danny and this is between Melody <laughs> and like the kind of like vague kind of absent rules about an employee entering a raffle. Because when it first happens, her boss is just like, you're an employee. You can't enter a raffle. Um, and then she goes on to just kind of have the car. And so you're just like, right. oh, I guess she can't enter her ra- I guess well, I, like, I he, was full of shit. <laughs> if you remember, that's when Danny's like, I got the perfume for my mother who has passed away. And then the boss is just like, oh, never mind. I do not care about this at all. And then it just bounces. <laughs> that's right. so that's, that's literally right. what happens. So that's like, right. so oh, in man. my head, my, my canon is that the boss just did not want to talk about that ever again. And just is like, Nelly can do whatever the heck she wants. Like, <laughs> like he I, was just so uncomfortable. I guess yeah. so. Her boss, her boss was an interesting character. Um, for everybody who's listening at home, I have um, a very fun factoid about this film that oh. um, involves the actor who plays um, the boss in it. But um, but yeah, he was he had an interesting kind of management style where um, he was just <laughs> like, "You're you're out of line. You're gonna work inventory." Which, like, if I was in a retail job and my punishment was to work inventory, like, do you know how many times I would act up in that job <laughs> to not have to work with customers yes. and just, like, vibe <laughs> with yeah. inventory? Um, yeah. Um, but um, no, I don't really know what to... Oh, yeah. And um, as you said, like, not, like, trying to jump ahead to, like, the end of the movie, but, like, when... Um, when the dad um, shows up at the end of her apartment and he's just like, well, no, you see, I want, I want you to marry me. And it's just like, <laughs> what? Whoa, dude, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, yeah. I think you're a psychiatrist. You had at least one MFT class while you were in your program. <laughs> uh, you know, this isn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah. No, like, yeah. So watching this as like, you know, a 10 year old, I was like, oh my God, this is so romantic. And watching it now as like a 30 year old, I'm like, 
I would have preferred if Melody had stayed single. Like, hot take. Like, that would have been completely fine. I thought that David Schuyler was uh, kind of just like a, you know, just a dud. Like, standing is pretty cool. But, like, I don't know. Like, he's just kind of there. Like, yeah, he's just, you know, he's, yeah, there's just not a lot about him and like after like her narcissistic you know ex-boyfriend i'd be like girl stay single for a little bit like live your best life in the perfume store like oh boy we could have an entire episode on (laughs) on george george is george is something george is a is a character in that movie <laughs> like what a what an individual he is. Like that's, that's he, actually Zach Morris um in the future. That's who George is. <laughs> oh my that makes so much sense. It's Zach Morris in the future in the past. <laughs> it's come full circle. Jenny, did you intentionally plan all, all of the movies to be related to each other in a yeah. grander in a grander universe? <laughs> Christmas movie universe, yeah. <laughs> it all connects. But um no like if I if I had to be in a room for like 20 minutes with George from the Christmas list like <laughs> I would come out of there like with a felony charge like <laughs> what an insufferable human being He's the worst I don't know how <laughs> she did it like, they were together four years. Four years. That's and she was wanting to like marry him. Yeah. And like that was a oh, plan. Yeah. That was yeah. a plan. And he like <laughs> I loved the way, like, so after I proposed to my now wife, um, that experience completely changed how I view a lot of the proposal scenes and films now. Because, like, um, his was particularly the worst after having, like, gone through a proposal myself. Because, like, (laughs) when I proposed to my wife, who, like, we had talked about, like, hey, let's, like, had proposed, like, let's get engaged soon and stuff. And, like, I knew she was on board with it and stuff. That was still, like, the most anxious experience of my life. Oh, Um, yeah. And I was, like, very torn up about it and, like, just, like, not in a good, confident place. Even though, like, I knew she would would probably say yes because we had talked about it already. Um, Right. Watching him do the proposal and just be like, well, I don't know how he managed it, but (laughs) he managed to bag the most... The most um, eligible bachelor. Eligible, thank you. Eligible (laughs) bachelor in Seattle. Um, So... You wanna, <laughs> you wanna marry me? And I'm just like, oh my god! I like, I would stab this person. Like, this yeah. this guy is so awful. Yeah. Uh, he... Which is also something else I've gathered. See, I'm like forming a film taxonomy in my head <laughs> about how Christmas movies work, and um, just as essential as a sad child and a. <laughs> And a man who's prob who probably has had a wife die, um, is <laughs> is another character who I like to, to refer to as the satanic character, who's just like just objectively the worst, who you can just kind of throw all your complaints and blame on, um, and that's who George is. So thank yeah. God for George for yeah. filling that role in this in this film. 
Um, you know, everything comes together. You know, it's all it's all it's all onions in the pot. You know, <laughs> everything comes together. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah, but like again, like after that, I'd just be like, you know what? I'm not even gonna mess with it, and I'm definitely not gonna get engaged to somebody I just met two weeks ago, or possibly a week. I don't really, you don't really know how long her. Yeah, the fl- <laughs> yeah, the flow of time is kind of like vague on how how quickly all this is happening. Uh, there's a chance it ha- it takes place over the course of like three days. Like I don't know. Yeah, that's very true too. <laughs> so like I don't know. Well, <laughs> You know, I don't. I don't know. It's breakneck speed these Christmas films have. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of like really like evil. Ca- like Gordon is definitely, I think, the most evil. And then like I would put Faith after that, and then April. But Faith is like this weird, creepy, like because like okay, so I don't think that her and uh, Danny's dad were dating. He was just really trying to. And that's why you're so confused about it because she's creepy about it. Like, you know, she like goes into Danny's room and starts talking to him and like, I don't know. Um, but fun fact about her, the woman who plays uh, Faith uh, is Marla Maples. Do you know who that is? Marla Maples. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think so. Who is that she? is Donald Trump's ex-wife. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> Tiffany Trump's mother. Oh, yeah. Huh. Just found that out like a couple who, days ago. Who would have thought? Okay, wow. I'm looking at her IMDb page, and like Christmas movies seem to be the thing she does. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, is kind of it's kind of her corner of the world. Oh uh, wow. Um, no, that's very interesting. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. So I'm wondering. So do you think? So do you think she meets Donald Trump, um, like after the events of of Home Alone two? Oh. Where Donald Trump is like. Oh, he's in Home Alone two. Is she? Oh no, Donald Trump. I don't think she is. (laughs) I don't think she is. But Trump. I was like, whoa. He's he's in Home Alone too. Yeah, (laughs) for like one line. But uh, (laughs) but I mean, just as we said, just more and more Christmas films building on each other. I bet Jacob is in love with this theory right now. (laughs) I bet this is the most Jacob's ever loved Donald Trump. Yeah, she was only married to him for like six years. So, um, and yeah. So, anyway. No, um, no, I agree. She's very strange. Like, yeah. <laughs> with you saying that about like how like possibly they weren't actually dating and she was trying to, that really paints her character in a very different light that's that actually makes her a very dark character i know ways because she's just like she's delusional she went to the mall and bought a engagement ring a surprisingly surprisingly affordable engagement ring i mean like i know it was like in the 90s and like inflation and stuff but like still even then like as like as Uji as she like tried to make herself out to be, I was kind of expecting like a way more expensive um, ring for her to pick up. But um, no, that's probably a good thing that they did not go 
um, to Christmas with her. Um, yeah. Because who knows what would have happened? He probably would have killed Danny. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's creepy. Oh my god. Um, that's not that's not the only kind of um, that's not the only thing in the Christmas list um, that could potentially hold like um, <laughs> some darkness in it. <laughs> um, do tell. And, and, I, and I'll tell you what I mean. So, like, I do kind of admire. So, one thing I do really kind of admire um, about um, the plot of the Christmas list is that there is no effort expelled whatsoever into explaining what's going on with the Christmas list. Yeah. Um, Like they don't even think to address it, Uh, which is kind of a recurring theme with a lot of things that happen in in this movie. But um, like she just drops off the piece of paper in like the mall Santa um, box. And she's just like, well, that was fun. She's like there with like her friend Naomi and Naomi like jacks it from her and drops it in. And they're just like, Oh, aren't we zany? Um, and it's great. It's a very wholesome, it's a very wholesome thing. Um, and then <laughs> Melody just starts hallucinating both auditory and visual hallucinations. Um, and like, she's just kind of okay with it. And she shares that with Naomi and Naomi who's just like a ride or die ho is just like, Oh, you good. What if the mailbox was magical? <laughs> and like, Just being very, everybody go out and find yourself a friend like Naomi. Like she is so supportive and perfect. That, um, that, that, is, that is my friend Kylie to a T. Shout out to Kylie. <laughs> that is so Kylie. Naomi definitely reminds me of Kylie, but anyway, continue. No, it's, it's super real. I feel like if I went to Jacob one day and I was just like, Oh, Jacob, I'll talk to people and they, and they'll turn into goblins and I'll hear crows in my ears. And Jacob will just be like, I don't know, dude. Is your car cursed by a gypsy? And I'm just like, it could be. Um, let's go get like Popeyes. Um, but <laughs> perfect recreation of that scene. But um, no, and so like, so like her her list, in some way, causes things to happen. Yeah. Um, but we like, don't know how we don't know why. No, but... we don't know how. We do know it does like powerful stuff. Like it changes yeah. her mom's personality. Yeah. Um, like it like it compels the police to like to let go of a crime that was committed. <laughs> like, like it's incredible. And it's never explained. Yeah. And so I'm just like, what is going on? Like, if you like inhale enough perfumes. Over the course of your life, like, do you gain, like, insight into, like, the inner workings of the world? And so you're just like, ah, of course these things are happening. I just (laughs) see people for them true selves. (laughs) And, like, you can just make whatever happen. It does kind of reflect, like, a little poorly on Melody, just a little bit, that when it happened with two different lists, that she didn't go back and do a third list that was just like for for Christmas this year, I want, you know, wars to end. <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I want like, you know, I want like I want like children to like stop getting diseases. Like, <laughs> like you know, kind of kind of push the boundaries of it. I wanna I wanna see how far you could go. But um but um no, there is there is one more example of that though. And like I wanna ask you, Jenny, because I'm genuinely 
confused as to whether this is just a me thing or if people get the same kind of vibe. Okay, okay. this is serious right now. Okay, okay. like I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh while I'm saying it, but it's serious okay. um, because this is one I did not watch. Um, um, with Alyssa, um, I watched this one alone. Um, okay. I had my dogs, I guess, but um, um, I watched this one alone, and um, and so character that doesn't come in until pretty late into the movie, like the last like ten minutes or so of the movie, um, is Elodie's brother-in-law. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> okay, so Ted. Let's talk about Ted. Um, now is it just me again being totally serious here? This could just be a me thing. Does Ted not strike you as a kind of guy who like has people in his basement? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, 100%. Uh, Ted is weird as fuck. Uh, sorry, like, the way, like it's just all the weird, like it's the way he talks to people, it's the way he like throws dramatic pauses into what like he's saying, it's the way he ate that carrot in the yeah. kids' room. When he brought the vegetable plates, like it's the way in like the final montage of the film where like, for some reason he seems pretty comfortable with that Polaroid camera. Like, it's just, I don't know. And as any fan of true crime will know, like there are no real photographers. Like there's, it's like if a person walks up to you and says they're a photographer, they're lying. They're actually a serial killer. Uh, like, like there's a couple, there's like probably five. Um, in the world, but <laughs> but no, I don't know. Ted rubbed me the wrong way. I did not like Ted. No, I I actually really really agree with you, and I was gonna bring that up because, like, rewatching it, like, it's just he his whole character is just very odd, and like, it seems like maybe his character was supposed to have a bigger part of the movie because when he's like in the like he's very like present in the scenes mm-hmm. he's in, like you know what I mean, like very oh, like. Yeah. Like, he is there. Like, you know he's there. Like, he is, like, he is loving his lines. Um, his interaction with his kids are really weird. The kids are very strange, too. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, there's something. I don't know if there's, like, some part of the movie we're missing. But, no, it's, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe Christmas List 2 would explain it. I don't know. <laughs> it's, <laughs> no, 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 it's very true. Like, he, um, like... For being a character who literally doesn't show up in the movie until like the final like three scenes, um, he like you get the feeling that the director like expects you to like immediately know who he is as soon as he's yeah, on screen. I know because like it's because like he shows up in this kind of like a non sequitur, like he's just he's just kind of a dude with a vegetable plate, <laughs> and and you're just like, oh, this is this is interesting. Who's this guy? Um, and then he goes on to have like 80% of the lines that are said in that scene. You're yeah. just like, who is and, this guy? And then and you go to his crazy. IMDb page and he's not anybody. Yeah. Like he's not even a significant actor. <laughs> I know. And he's like really hyped for George to propose to Melody. Like he wants everybody to like be quiet. And like, he's like super, I don't know. It's he's weird. Maybe he's, it. I don't know. Maybe he's like George's lover or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> you're probably right. But th- that part of the movie was too woke for '97, so they just like left that part out. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't sure. know. It's it's very strange. And then I also like okay back kind of back to that scene like when 
so the whole family's kind of like anxious for George to like propose and they almost seem excited and they go like they just like are like never mind this was a horrible idea so quickly <laughs> like oh, yeah. well i mean they watched him propose like, they, asshole, but they like, like yeah like they heard him say the words he said during the proposal and they were all just like oh maybe <laughs> this isn't a good idea i think yeah. they all realized in that moment they were just like oh this is the first time we've ever heard george talk um, <laughs> and like we aren't fans of it immediately like <laughs> like no Good on you, like reject his proposal. This guy, this guy's the worst. Um, and then again, small detail, but it kind of made me crack up a little bit. Uh, when George leaves, he leaves with like three unwrapped boxes. Yeah, <laughs> like they're not presents, they're three unwrapped boxes. Look like they'd been opened. One of them looks like a box to like a toaster oven. Yeah, and he, and right. he just leaves. And then when the camera cuts and shows him going out the door, the top box is gone. And I'm just like, oh, Ted jacked the top box. I bet Ted grabbed it. Honestly, <laughs> Ted straight up jacked him. You're just like, oh, you ain't about to leave my house with that toaster oven. Get back here. <laughs> no, I noticed that. Yeah, and then like, and then right after that, you know, Doctor Skyler comes and proposes, and the family's like, oh my god, yay! Without knowing anything about him, and like, I watched that scene, and I was like. What if, at, like, the Christmas party we're going to have this weekend, a random guy showed up and proposed to me? I wonder what my friends would do if they saw that happen. I just don't think y'all would be as excited. I, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I would ask him to leave. Like, I, <laughs> like even if you acted, even if you reacted the way she did, yeah. um, I feel like I'd still probably just be like, hey, man, I need to talk about this with her. Like, <laughs> I've never even heard of you. Can you wait outside for like 20 minutes? <laughs> like, like, especially if Josh and Jacob don't know who he is either, I'm totally like asking him to leave. <laughs> I just don't think y'all would be gathered around the doorway, be like, oh, yay. Like, I just don't, I don't know. It was, it was weird. It was oh, yeah. Weird. I, I definitely would not be like um, in the doorway uh, with like my arm and like a pincer grip on Jacob's, so sh on Jacob's <laughs> shoulder. Like, Ted's hand is on his wife's. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. That is, that just went to to further legitimize that theory I have about Ted. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I think the theory is correct. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so what what were what what was your favorite? Like, what did you like about this movie? Like, what what's something that you're like, yeah, like that was awesome. Yeah. Um. So um, as I said, like one of the things I kind of struggled with with um, the 12 Dates of Christmas was that I really did genuinely find a lot of the characters kind of hard to like, or at least yeah. the main characters, um, especially Kate and Miles, like, geez. Um, and, like, that's kind of a big deal for me. I kind of struggle to like a lot of entertainment that doesn't have main characters who I can't at least relate to in some way or enjoy in some way. Um and that's quite the opposite with this one. Um, Amy Rogers um, in the Christmas list um, just automatically, as soon as the movie starts, is just um, very 
easy to like. Um, they establish her character as being very easy to relate to, very sympathizable. And she really carries that out. Um, and it's like weird. It's almost done so well. Like she's depicted as such a good person, almost to a fault. Um, and this is a, um, this is actually a question I wanted to ask you where like, there are some scenes where like he is shown to be like kind of a pushover. And that's just because she's like trying to think of like of other people and what their needs are and what like I'm they're interested in. I'm in the moment and things like that. Um, at one point she goes to this place and they give her $5,000 yeah. and she calls it like a Christmas c- club or something. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what that is. Sure, yeah, I'll explain where, that. Where is this magical place that will give me $5,000 in the most financially stressful month of the year? <laughs> like, where, where is this place? A lot of banks used to do that in the 90s and early 2000s. I don't know if they still do or not. But basically, <clears throat> on top of your checking and savings account, you would have something called a Christmas club. And then... um Hold on. I'm so sorry. What? At a higher interest rate. Um, and so you could set aside money for your Christmas club every month or every paycheck. Um, so that's what the Christmas club was. It was very like common to do back then. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah. um, it's basically <clears throat> just like a separate savings account with a higher interest rate. Yes. That, like you can like use at the end. Of- okay. That makes a lot more sense. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because like I was and watching like I said, it. it was- I was just going to say it was very, very common back then. I think like almost everybody gotcha. had a Christmas club. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do not have that in my bank. I should ask about that. Um, yep. but, um, <laughs> yeah, I should ask about that the next time we go in. Um, it's a cool idea for sure. Yeah. It's a great idea. I'm kind of surprised like it, um, it isn't as common anymore because that sounds like an excellent idea. Yeah. Um, but um, okay, that makes a lot more sense because I watched that scene and I was just like, oh, interesting. And then, um, and then... Later on in the movie, she's talking to Naomi, and she's just like, I have to give back the rest of the money. Um, and I was just kind of like, whoa, what? No, you don't. Like, stop that. Yeah, that's kind of a plot hole, because, like, I don't think that's how that would work out, because it was a mistake on their part, right? So, like, yeah, I don't exactly. think I had well, to give money back. Yeah, like if I woke up tomorrow and like I opened up my banking app um, and my bank is just like, hey, you have $5,000 extra dollars in your account. I'm sure as hell I'm not going to call them and just be like, hey, man, this is a mistake. You don't. <laughs> right. Extra, no. extra $5,000. <laughs> um, yeah. So like it's almost to like, to like uh, but anyway, that's just like an example. Like she's so positive and she's so, and she's so ethically minded that like it almost plays out as like a detriment to her which like in Mm -hmm. the scope of the film i think is really impressive because like again i know people who are like her like i know people who are so selfless it it almost works against them a lot of Mm -hmm. the time um and i was impressed with like how 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 realistic uh, that was in this but um no, I thought it had like a lot of charm. Um, I thought it was really enjoyable. Um, I thought it worked. I thought it worked well within its scope. 
like um this film knew exactly what kind of story it wanted to tell and like it Mm -hmm. didn't come off as like a super like um (laughs) um, instructional like um this is how you should live kind of thing it wasn't trying to change anyone's life it was just trying to be like a very warm um and enjoyable um little story um and i enjoyed that i thought that was fun um, yeah. it also has like the good, um, nineties charm, um, going for it as well. Cause like, I just have like a soft spot for like a lot of like on the TV films and stuff from the nineties. Um, so that's always, um, that's always a good time, but I don't know. No, I really enjoyed this one. I thought this one was really, I thought it was really good. It knew what it wanted that's to be. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, would you watch it again? Um, yes, I would watch it again. I would probably wait a few years. Um, sure. uh, just because, and I feel like this is kind of true of like a lot of Christmas movies, um, and like a lot of other kinds of films in general. Um, is that just like, you know, I watched it this week. I kind of feel like I got everything out of it that like, um, I'm going to get. Um, Mm -hmm. and so like, well, it's still relatively fresh in my mind. Um, I'd probably be kind of disengaged from it. Um, if I tried to watch it again in like a year or so, um, so like, this is one that like, I'd totally be down to watch again, just, uh, probably after, um, um, a few Christmases past i think it'd be a good one to like revisit like every like three or four years um okay. um at least with me I no i feel that i feel that that's awesome but yeah um which like that's actually one of the complaints um i think i talked about in the first episode of christmas fest where it's just like um i don't really hate a lot of the christmas films it's just that like um Growing up, I watched them like every single year, sometimes several times a year. Um, and I just kind of got tired of them. Um, yeah, and then I continued, out. then I continued to watch them because they were always on every year and I got even more tired of them <laughs> to the point where I was just like, oh my God, if I have to watch White Christmas again, I'm with that. You know, without at least a year in between viewings, I'm like, I'm going to kill somebody. (laughs) And that's and that's a good movie. But boy, I've probably seen that more than any movie I like. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fair. That's definitely fair. Yeah. But um, no, no, it was a good one. Um, I do want to um, before we get too close to the end of the episode, I do want to share my little factoid. Yes. I'm about this. So I was sitting down. I was watching the Christmas list. Um, We, uh, I watched it, or at least I watched it. Um, It's free to watch on YouTube, um, everybody out there. Um, um, Excuse me. Um, So I watched it on YouTube. Usually when, like, I watch a movie on, like, Amazon, um, I like to watch it on on Amazon Prime because I can, like, pause it and there's, like, it all like info um, graphics about it on the pause screen, which is kind of interesting. Um, but um, I was watching it on YouTube, so it didn't have this. But the more I watched it, I was just like, I know I've seen um, 
melody and other stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, um, obviously, because she's a very good actress and she's been in all kinds of stuff. But um, I couldn't shake it because I was just like, there is like one or two things I know for a fact I've seen her in that like I've seen a lot. And it's not this because this was the first time I ever um, saw the Christmas list. And so afterwards, um, I looked her up on IMDb. And um, for all of my horror fans out there, um, if Josh is in the room um, as well, on your end, um, for any horror fans in the room, Josh, do you know, if he's in the room, uh, Josh, do you know the horror, the cult horror film that he was in that I'm thinking of? He does not. He is shaking his head no. Is not no okay. So she plays one of um, the side characters in the um, in the cult horror film Ginger Snaps, um, which like Josh, if we if we get to a point where we're doing like ten or twenty years of horror fest, I'm probably gonna throw in Ginger Snaps sometime <laughs> as a movie we talk about. Um, but um, so I saw that and I was just like, okay. That makes sense. I knew I saw her in like a in like a horror thing I had seen, but I saw her in something else that I also really love. Um, she also has a somewhat uh, recurring role as an FBI agent in the X Files. Oh, and I was just like, oh, isn't that cool? Yeah, well, um, yeah. For any X Files fans out there, she's um specifically in um the story arc. Uh, between the end of season five and the beginning of season six. Um, everybody who has watched X-Files, uh, um, you know exactly the part in the show I'm talking about. But um, yeah, and so I thought, like, oh, that's kind of cool. So in preparation for the podcast we recorded tonight, I kind of uh, went to the IMDb page of the Christmas list, and um, I do this with a lot of the things we talk about. And um, I poked around the other actors and actresses to see what kind of stuff they had done and three more actors in the christmas list have been on x files oh like and like that isn't a hugely impressive thing it was like a a very popular show in the 90s um but (laughs) it just kind of struck me that just like whoa this like small made for tv christmas film has a lot of x file stuff so um so the boss, uh, the the um, um the mall boss, who they work for, um, mm-hmm. is Andrew Johnston, who plays um, Agent Vice in um in the X Files and like uh, the first three seasons of it, I think, um, as well as um I lost where he went, um the oh yeah um as I like to call him the Jay Z of the perfume world. Um, the, <laughs> the high perfume fashion line guy who shows up. Um, oh yeah. He, yeah. He's also in the X-Files. He plays, um, he plays a member of, of the advisory board, uh, for anybody out there who watches X-Files. I could just be talking straight into the ether, but I thought this was fun. <laughs> and, does, then, like and then everyone's favorite closeted serial killer, Ted <laughs> from the movie, um, he was also in the X-Files and he was also in a little TV show from the 90s called the Middle 
Millennium. And the Millennium is known for being in a shared TV universe as the X-Files. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So, um, I haven't seen any episodes of the Millennium in a long time. So, I don't know if he's, like, the same crossed over character. But, um, but yeah. You just have, like, a little, little slice of X-Files side characters in this um, in this Christmas movie. And I thought that was really fun. Well, so, it is uh, fun. And also, it kind of, like, I mean, could it be that the Christmas list is like an extended part of X-Files and that is why all that weird stuff kept happening. It takes place in the X-Files universe. I love that theory. (laughs) I mean, it explains everything. There is probably a case file in in Scully and Mulder's filing cabinet (laughs) under C called the Christmas list. (laughs) Where, like, it, it's just this piece of paper that when dropped into mall Santa mailboxes, it causes hallucinations and warps personality. <laughs> that's that's uh, my canon now. You, I believe you that know. in a second. I, yeah. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I love it. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it adds up. Like, honestly, like, you can't convince me otherwise now. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> how does it compare to 12 Dates to Christmas, you think? Oh, this is a far better movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's like it's it's not particularly close. Um, <laughs> like um, that was great. I feel like um as I said the protagonist um is in my opinion is way better of a protagonist, way more relatable. Um and like it as I said, it knew what it wanted to do, it knew the kind of story it wanted to tell. And I feel like 12 Dates of Christmas, like, kind of did not, like, I mean, it knew it wanted to be, it wanted to do, like, the whole groundhog shtick, um, uh, which, like, I get, and, like, it it did do that, inarguably. <laughs> but, um, like, I feel like the pacing of the Christmas list was good. Um, like, they had a game plan in the writer's room of just, like, this is how we're going to start the movie these resulting events are going to happen from like the plot event. And then it's going to have a resolution. And like, we know things are going to go in this order and we have that plan. And like, you can tell it's like a very organized film. Um, Whereas with like the 12 dates of Christmas, just from like the confines of the title of the movie (laughs) halfway through, it kind of felt like, it was just kind of like it got to a point in the writer's room where they were just like, whoo, okay, guys, we're on day eight. <laughs> What's what gonna now? happen in this movie? <laughs> like, we got four more days to fill. Let's let's keep it rolling. So, like, um, yeah, it just felt like a more comfortable experience. Um, there were times in 12 Dates of Christmas where like I kind of hit the pause button on my PlayStation controller and I was just kind of like, okay, how much more is left of the movie? But, <laughs> uh, but I did not do that at all with the Christmas list. I was just like, okay, this like, you know, this viewing experience feels like how it should. It feels like they did exactly what they were trying to do with it. Um, so, so yeah, I think it, I think it blows 12 days of Christmas out of the water as far Sweet. as the quality of the movie. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, yeah, it's really enjoyable. 
um, if someone is trying to find a if someone's trying to find a a Christmas film that has the charm of like um, the nineties in it um, with like plenty in it to like to laugh about and enjoy. I think mm-hmm. this is an excellent choice. Um, um, it's really good. Um, it's free on YouTube, which is awesome. I'm I'm actually really enjoying um, the free uploads of of entire films to YouTube. I think that's great. But yeah. um, yeah, I did want to I did want to ask you, Jenny. So we've done two episodes of this, mm-hmm. um, and you are the the expert um, on Christmas films. You are you are to Christmas what I aspire to be with horror. Um, I- whatever so, <laughs> so um no it's real um so i wanted to ask you so this is partly inspired by um another fandom um, that we we're a part of um and that is when the star wars sequels were coming out i would always get so frustrated at a certain point in the discourse when i would talk about um the movies with people because a lot of people would just be like, well, I don't like, you know, insert Star Wars film. Because it doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was always a really frustrating point of the conversation for me. Because I couldn't get anyone to ever define what they meant. Right. Um, <laughs> because that's, because that isn't an argument. That's just you saying words. Yeah. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so I want to ask... You, Jenny, like I've done a few jokes of just like these are the quintessential components to how a Christmas movie works. Yeah, that's true. Though. Like I want to, I want to ask you, like uh, between the twelve dates of Christmas and the Christmas list, in my opinion, two vastly different stories are being told. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of unites them under the genre? Like what? Um, are some things that you think of when you try to think of things that qualify as a Christmas film or a Christmas story? Um, I would say, uh, like the magical aspects of it. Um, so like, really? yeah, um, just because you know, the 12 Dates of Christmas, right? So she's reliving the same day over and over again, that's like mm-hmm. magical, right? So that's what I would consider, um. And so, like, then on Christmas list, you have the list being magical. So I would say those two things are what ties it together. Um, And then, like, you know, the 12 Days of Christmas was trying to be, I think they were trying to be hopeful and, like, you know, inspiring and encouraging. And uh, they didn't succeed, but I think that's what they were going for. And then the Christmas list does, I feel like, you know, it's kind of like has a hopeful undertone to it, of course. Like, you know, you have like, you know, Melody who um, is wanting more out of life and stuff. And she does, she gets it at the end, you know. So, like, that's that's what I think kind of ties it together. Again, I don't think 12 Days of Christmas execute it properly, but I do think that's what they were going for. So. Oh, I got you. So, so in your opinion, is like um, this this supernatural aspect, like the magical aspect of like the story, um, is that something that you think like has to be in a Christmas movie? It, it does for me. Yeah, like there's okay. one movie which we might talk about this 
not this Christmas fest, but maybe next year. It's a horrible Christmas movie, and like I hate it a lot. And it's called Holiday. Um, I have heard of Holiday. It's so bad, and like there's just there's no. It doesn't feel like a Christmas movie at all. Like, I mean, I know, like, you just said that, like, funny, like, Star Wars thing. But, like, it's true, though. Like, if you watch it, like, I think even you would say that doesn't feel like a Christmas movie. So, like, there's no, like, magic. There's no hope. It's just, like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. So that's, uh, but all the movies we picked this year, I feel like, have that undertone where they're good or bad. Uh, so. Okay, I got you. No. Yeah. Um, so, so, last Follow question I have to ask now. Um, potentially controversial hot take. Um, okay. um, um, I should invest in like a soundboard um, of some sort <laughs> to just be like, hot take incoming. I just, I just blast it every time Josh talks. Um, but, um, but, um, it's fun talking about Josh and him not being on the podcast. This is great. Uh, <laughs> have so many opportunities. Um, but uh, so, so by the definition, then um, are such like are such beloved Christmas classics like Holiday Inn and High Christmas are are those like not actual Christmas films because they don't have the magical aspect. Unless you so, consider the magical aspect to be like in White Christmas, um, either of those characters actually surviving World War II, because that's quite <laughs> magical to me. So yeah, um, it's funny you bring that up. So White Christmas to me has—it's honestly never really felt like a Christmas movie. Um, even like when I was a kid, didn't really know what my definition of a Christmas movie was. I just felt like that was that. It, this is a hot take because that's like everybody's like. I love that. And I, I like White Christmas it a is. lot. It's very but I, I would not, you know, as far as like older movies go, like uh, It's a Wonderful Life is like, mwah, that mm, is like right. the perfect blueprint for a Christmas movie. Like just like from beginning to end, that movie is flawless in my opinion. It's excellent. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Um, uh, what was the other one you said? Holiday Inn? Uh, yes. Huh. Holiday Inn. I... It, it, I think that feels, I'll give that a go. Um, but I think it's because the general undertone is still there. Um, yeah, that one, that one still counts. Um, but overall, Holiday Inn's the exception, but I do think there needs to be a magical aspect of it, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. I got you. No, no, I'm all about that. I, I love that as part of the definition <laughs> because um first of all i think it um i think having that as a requirement tosses out a lot of the really bad christmas movies i've seen yeah um that are just about like you know this high strung itty girl who does you know vague business things for a living in the city um gets her world turned upside down when she gets you know stuck in a ravine and a cowboy who doesn't know how to wear a shirt saves her and teaches her about christmas like yeah i'm i'm totally about like the movement to just be like no no let's cut the, those are not christmas movies anymore mm -hmm. like everybody in that script is now jewish 
and it's a Hanukkah movie. Uh, <laughs> get you get your non magical plot lines out of here. <laughs> I am I'm in full support of that. Well, and you know, it, it also though like not to, not to backtrack, but like there's like one or two movies where there's not necessarily a super ma- supernatural magic, but it's still in my eyes magical. Like um, Christmas with the Cranks is another really good movie. It's it's ridiculous, <laughs> but I love it. But you know, I wouldn't say it's <laughs> it's not inherently supernatural magical but at the end i think like it's so like i I, i'm like i get so cheesy and teary-eyed about like how like the whole neighborhood comes together to like bring like this great like christmas party for blair right because blair Mm. had like been in all of their lives and everything and that's like such a sweet moment and to me that's magical so that's like so that kind of uh is the uh caveat there i guess you could say um i feel you i feel you no no I'm not going to argue uh, because to me, because <laughs> to me, everything um, that has Jamie Lee Curtis in it um, counts as a form of, of <laughs> magic. <laughs> magic in my heart. Um, so I'm, yeah, so I'm, I'm all about man. See, we need to do a year or two of this because we have to watch Christmas with the Cranks. And oh talk yeah, about we it. will. Because that that movie is freaking insane. It's so great. <laughs> that, that is the crazy. That is the craziest Christmas movie I've ever seen. So I would be down for that. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Those are great questions, though. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Those were great answers. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to learn. I'm really trying to be a sport about this. Like I'm trying. <laughs> You're being great. <laughs> I'm trying to absorb as much as I can. I'm trying to go into this um, stuff with an open mind. Um, there's there's one there's one we're doing, um, just at the command of of our editor in chief that I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do that with. So no, same. <laughs> so so the ones we're doing right now, I'm really trying to go in with an open mind and try to be as. Uh bosses can't i um yeah so i think the next one though al i think we'll watch preacher's wife next which you did not realize was a christmas movie so i'm excited no, to watch i i watched i watched the preacher's life the preacher's life the preacher's <laughs> wife the preacher's life sounds like a reality a show on mtv <laughs> um, <the> pre- <laughs> i watched um the preacher's wife um Gosh, years and years ago, I was really young and I watched it like once when it was on TV. I watched it with my grandmother, um, okay. um, who was a preacher's wife. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> um, so I watched it with her. But like I was like really young. I don't think I absorbed hardly anything about it. Um, so now I'll be down for that. That has an angel in it, right? It does. There's like yes. a dude who's an angel in it. Okay, cool. Um, sorry if I spoiled the movie for anybody who's no, who's watching these as they come out. <laughs> but I feel I feel like a 25 year old movie is is kind of off the marks for yeah. for really spoiling. I think you're good. I uh, mean, they could have yeah. thought you were just talking about Whitney Houston because of that. That absolutely. was her prime, and she was an angel. <laughs> well, she absolutely was, and still is in my heart. Yes. Uh, yeah. But no, um, no. Nah, nah. That'll be fun. I really like um, I really like non horror movies that try to deal with angel stuff. Um, it's just it's just always really interesting to me. So yeah, that'll be fun. I'm excited about that one. Sweet, sweet. All right. Well, 
Uh, I guess we'll end it there. Um, thank you, Al, for participating and giving your awesome input. Oh, my God. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I uh, can't wait till next time. And uh, remember, fandom is for everybody. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Phantom is for everybody except George from the yes. Christmas list. Okay, yeah, no, that's true. That needs, yeah, that's our new saying uh, for everybody listening. Yeah, fuck George. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah we'll leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. I hate George so much. You guys don't even, <laughs> you guys don't even get to have a cowabunga at the end of this. That's how much I hate George. <laughs>